Welcome to another episode of the Get Fast podcast brought to you by Trivolo Coaching, where we help triathletes and cyclists like you train smarter to race faster. You are joined, as always, by your hosts, Australian Ironman champion and head coach of Trivolo Coaching, Jared Donnelly, and I am Jordan Donnelly. What is mental toughness? We've all been in a training or race situation where there is a decision to make. Are you going to be mentally tough and push through the pain, or are you going to give in and give up? If you're like most people, you've probably done both, pushed through sometimes and given up sometimes. So what does it take to be mentally tough? Why do we want to push through the pain? Why do we want to avoid quitting on ourselves? What does it take to have the champion mindset of a Michael Jordan or Muhammad Ali? This is what we're talking about in today's episode, and I grilled Dad about his Ironman and cycling triumphs in his professional career and post and his strategies for being as mentally tough as possible. And what does it take for you as an athlete to train the mental side of you as well as the physical? Talking about mental toughness is always such a fun topic, and this episode was no different. As always, if you want to get our best free resources to help you train smarter and race faster, just go to getfastpodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. All right, Dad, today we are talking mental toughness, and what a topic that is, because your mental toughness can sometimes decide your results, can really decide whether you are successful in your goals or not compared to the physical side, which we, we spend so much time training ourselves physically. And then when it gets to the race, it seems to be the mental side that determines whether we succeed or not. So to start off with, tell me about a time when you had to be as mentally tough as possible and how you got through it. Such a great question, Jordan. I- I've had a bit of time to consider this and I, I just can't even remember a time where the mental and the physical weren't together. And if physically I was fine and able to function in a race situation, which is what we're talking about, where it counts, the mental, the mental side of it was the weak side that frustrated me many times. If, if I was okay physically what was preventing me from getting the outcome that I wanted was totally my mindset. And I've got a few examples of that. But when you asked me that question, the main thing that came to my mind was in every time that I had really had to dig deep and deeper than I'd ever dug before mentally was after I was physically um, exhausted and so is that tough being physically exhausted? Well, it's not physical toughness. It's just I had such a strong mindset about the event that I was doing that I pushed myself way beyond the physical um, capabilities that I had to finish the race. And I've got a few examples of one where I fell off my bike um, and was it was... Uh, Stratford to Dargo race, which was a 100k, I think a 100k uh, scratch race. Um, some really good riders in the race and two of us broke away and then I broke away with the one 10k climb to go, which was an hour's worth of riding still. Um, quite a quite a steep uh, gradient and it finished at, you know, just halfway up Mount Hotham, the backside of it, so... Really tough gradient after, and it was a hot day, 35 degrees, something like that. And 
you know, I'd done, executed everything I had to and all I had to do was complete complete the event and I would have won the race and um, all of a sudden started to feel really unsteady, um, whether I'd fueled incorrectly or whether I'd ridden too hard too soon. I hadn't executed well, but I was racing, so found myself in, in the lead with, you know, literally 10K to go and 5K up the hill. I was still going okay and then all of a sudden I don't remember much more about um, my brother was in the Frank. My brother was in the uh, follow vehicle, and he described what I my next five minutes as the most bizarre thing he's ever witnessed, which was me falling off my bike, um, just come to a standstill, falling off my bike onto the road. He stopped the car, jumped out, tried to pick me and the bike up. I started walking up the hill, and he's yelling out to me what are you doing? And, and I turned around and said, what does it look like? I'm finishing the race. And he said, do you want to use your bike or are you going to walk? <laughs> and, and I was so not with it that I, of course I want to use my bike. Bring it here. <laughs> and like aggressively demanding. Um, but that was a physically, I was just, you know, exhausted obviously. Um, I got back on the bike I rode the next four or five k, and I don't remember any of it. Um, and uh, apparently, someone passed me in the last three or four hundred meters, um, and I came across the line and fell off again. And I was in the ambulance for, you know, the next two or three hours. Um, I came second apparently, but I don't recall any of it. And so, so physically, I'd pushed myself, and mentally, I was that in tune with the purpose of what I was trying to do, which was uh, I'm going to win this race at all costs. And so I think that's a, a good example of how together they they happen, not separately. Um, and there's been examples where I've thought, oh, you know, there was nothing physically wrong with me there. Why didn't I push a bit harder? And at the end of the race, I didn't get the result. And it was a real mental weakness um, that that I was disappointed with in my own my own performance and um, really tried to focus, um, you know, not to let that happen uh, too many times in my career. Um, that story you just gave, does, is that an example of successful mental toughness for you? What is it? Because we speak, we, we wanted to touch on what mental toughness actually is and we have spoken about, um, and Mitch Anderson actually spoke about this on a previous podcast, where finding your limit. Is that actually mental toughness or is it stupidity because... Yeah, um, I think single-mindedness was causing that um, that outcome, um, that I was so focused. And so the point of what we're talking about today is how important is mental toughness? Well, that was a great example of how there was nothing going to stop me from... And it had to be a physical um, preventative action that was going to stop me because mentally there was nothing going to be put in my way that day. And I've got other examples of where I actually succeeded. Um, you know, the Australian Ironman was one classic example where I swam, I don't know, 10th, 15th, within 30 or 40K. I think Rick Pallister was the, the standout swimmer, I still remember, and I passed him 30, 40K into the race and for the rest of the day, which was another seven and a half hours I was by myself so mentally that was pretty challenging um, what's happening behind me I don't you know it's 1980 
eight. I don't have any data to. I don't have a power meter. I don't have anything except for I've been riding for four hours, or I don't really have any speed or heart rate. So th- that's an example of how you can put pressure on yourself. What's happening? You know, am I am I riding too hard? Are they catching me? Am I getting away from them? Um, yeah, and then getting off the bike and then running, uh, getting information saying you've got four-minute lead mm. um, and knowing the persons who are chasing me, their capabilities as runners compared to mine, um, mentally having to decide whether I try and put more of a gap in to bluff them um, or just run my own pace and execute the way I know. Um, so lots of mentally tough decisions have to be made and you know it's like the frightened rabbit you know oh it's too hard i can't do it well those thoughts cross my mind literally every kilometer um you know you got yourself in this position don't don't throw it away now mm. these are you know this is what you've dreamt about and and they're the things that i think you need to be thinking about when you're challenged when you're challenging it you're challenging yourself the mental thoughts you have are challenging you to cope or not cope, and and they're the they're the things that I would like to get the people we coach to to feel. There's going to be times where it's a you know you're in a C grade local club race where you know you're broken away and they're chasing you down and you've got to hold steady and you know. Use all the information you have been given. What's your power? You know, how can I how can I execute? I've got ten minutes to go. You know, think about those things rather than the pressure of they're catching me. Um, I can't do it. They're the sort of things we want to talk about. And you know, toughness is not really the right term. It's mental control. I think um, your ability to control your emotions and put things in perspective and execute the things you can control rather than worrying about how fast the group's riding behind you or the person chasing you. You you have no control over that. If you knew they were catching you at a fast rate, you can't do much about it anyway because you've already got your numbers. So, So understanding your mental toughness or mental control is really important in the outcome of almost every single important race that I've ever competed in. So let's take a step back and compare the two examples that you started with, and that is the cycling race and the Australian Ironman. Were you proud of the effort you put in of the cycling race, even though you ended up in an ambulance? Yeah. In myself, emotionally, I thought... Well, I've just proved to myself that I can't go any harder than that. That was that was further than I'd ever thought that I could push myself. And it taught me a lesson about, boy, you've got so much more that you can do. And when I can't remember aspects of the finish, that tells me that I didn't leave any stone unturned. I, I had reached my limit of physical toughness. And mentally, I was so strong, I never gave up at any point. Whereas it would have been easy to, you know, 
just lie on the road, I suppose. Um, Would you say that that single-mindedness, even though it didn't result in a successful outcome in that race because you, you got passed with how many, 400 metres to go, that that is what led to successful results in other races? Yeah, and certainly, um, you know, t- we talked about the Ironman in Australia, but when I went to Kona, I was uh, faced with a similar similar situation with the race unfolded at, uh, you know, swam okay, swam really good for myself, Um Ended up riding through the field um, from about, I don't know, 20th out of the water to, to getting off the bike in fourth or fifth um, and feeling really confident that I could run because running was my thing, obviously. And, you know, 30K, still going strong. At that time, there's footage of the Wide World of Sport crew following me on out on the Queen K Highway asking me how I was feeling and that was a really good example of how I was starting to doubt myself because instead of saying, feel great, I've got this, my first response was, how far behind is the next person? Hmm. So that, that when after the race, I thought, that is a really weird way of thinking about things. I should have been thinking the opposite that, you know, I'm in a top 10 position at Kona. This is where I want to be. This is where I belong. But I was so worried about, you know, getting past because I knew that I was starting to feel average. Mm. Um, and on the way into town, I think, you know, at the 38 or 39K before you come down uh, the hill, um, which, which is pretty tough running down that hill, which seems easy, and I started to cramp up. And it was not more than, I don't know, a K and a half from there to the finish. And I lost 10 places, um, had physical cramp. And mentally I was tough there to keep going. Um, you know, the example of Julie Moss all those years, um, it was around that time, I think the year before, where she crawled across the line. And that, that was vivid in my mind that how tough she was to, to physically keep crawling to the finish. Um, and when you've got a physical problem like cramp, it's a little bit out of your control. You know, mentally I was, you know, I have to finish this race um, and not lose any more spots. But but I was still in a position where I had no control over it because every step I was taking was absolute agony. I was locked up in full body cramp, not just in calves. It was hamstrings, quads, calves, hip, back. And it's just not a good way to function. It was like agony every step and it must have taken me eight minutes to run that last k um which was so disappointing uh, getting to that position um but again i i look back and thought well i'd, I'd push myself mm. you know to the physical limit and mentally i kept going um uh, so there's another example of you know in my history i know that i have the mental toughness to do that but it can it can not work in your favour eventually um, if you're physically not not uh, you've gone too far. And you say that a lot of Ironmans are like that. You, you you would say that when I ask you, I've asked you this many times over the years. You know, what are some of the toughest races? And you say, oh, Kona has to be the top. But then you say, oh, to be honest, every Ironman. Yeah, yeah. Every uh, time you do an Ironman, we did the. Uh, and it wasn't actually a full Ironman. It was, I think, it was two k swim, hundred and thirty k ride with a with a hours climb um, up 
we started at 30 degrees down at, uh, it was in Reunion off the coast of Africa and it was boiling hot. And then at the top of the climb, it was freezing. We were at 1,000 metres, so we climbed for an hour and then came down the other side back to boiling hot and then ran. So it was a, I think it was a 130k ride and maybe a 32k run. So it was quite a, a challenging course. Um, and so it was the Northern Hemisphere triathletes versus the Southern Hemisphere triathletes. So it was a bit of a team thing. Um, and certainly I, I found my limit again that day, but I actually didn't have any physical issues. It was just mentally just just trying to hold my position for the team. And I think the team aspect really helped drive me. Um, you know, if you're just running for yourself or competing for yourself, you're just letting yourself down. There was another aspect to that. Uh, mentally, I just did not want to let my teammates down. And I think I was, Greg Stewart was the first a- athlete and I think I was second for the Australian team. And um, and we were in the top five. And it was I think it was the best six athletes from each um, team uh, contributed to the to the uh, to the win, and we we beat the Northern Hemisphere, who had some some, some fantastic, you know, Mark Allen and mm. some great some great athletes, and um, so it was it was those sort of uh, events that really uh, just so many times happened, cropped up another another event where you were just challenged uh, beyond what you could ever imagine. Um, so going through those experiences in the eighties and and nineties, and then coming to a marathon just an individual marathon the difference the marathon was still really hard but compared to a triathlon Ironman it it just didn't compare Um, of course you can push yourself to the limit in a marathon there's been so many examples of that in Olympic Games with people staggering into the finish straight so um, yeah I'm not saying that that, that's not possible but um, it's just you know the difference between two and a half hours and Eight hours is, is significant. So the Iron Man taught you a different lesson, did it? Yeah, most definitely. Yep. So what's the different? How do you compare your mindset when it's a really big event like the Australian Ironman or Kona, or you're competing for the Southern Hemisphere, and there's a lot on the line, and you can dig deeper because of that reason compared to you racing at your local crit race or a local triathlon. There's not as much to gain from the race, but you still, I know how competitive you are. You treat every race the same, but how does that differ? It doesn't, and it shouldn't. And if it does, then I think you're on the wrong track. You have to have, you want to win at marbles. You want to win it, you know, in the backyard handball competition. You, you want to, the mindset has to be, oh, this time I won't try. Next time I will. Once you start going down that track, you, you know, you, you don't want to be practising poor performance ever and I can go so far as training sessions and I've done this a few times and I've come out of the training session ride thinking that was weak what I just did today Um, I'm not going to do that again and and I can see it in the guys that we're coaching if I'm doing a bunch ride and you know I might be hard on them but I'll be telling them straight out you had an opportunity today when it was really tough I know what your numbers are and when I looked at your numbers at the end of the ride um, and saw your performance, you had so much more left but you gave up um, in that. And I know the answer will be, yeah, but it's only a training ride. But perfect practice is what we're trying to achieve. And if you start mentally allowing yourself to have exceptions, 
then you'll have exceptions in the race. So whatever you do in training, you will replicate that in the race, good and bad. So it's such a good question you've asked. It is so important. There's days where you're not meant to be pushing yourself and testing yourself. They're the days to have fun and enjoy your riding. But the days where you're training and you're trying to actually get some improvement and some outcomes and test yourself against the better riders, they're the days when you want to practice that. You know, you, you get to a top of a hill. There might be you've been on the hill for maybe two or three minutes at 130, 140% FTP and you're at your limit. Your heart rate's screaming, your legs are screaming. You see the top of the hill. It's so easy to go, that's enough. It's only training. But that's that's not what we want. Mm. We want you to go, come on, 20 more seconds. And how good will I feel if I test myself again? Get to the top. I'm still with these lead guys and they sit up and I recover. Whereas the guy who's back there 15 metres, he's got dropped off, he has to chase. It's a worse scenario. So practising those little times in such an insignificant time is where you get to use it when it's significant. So where's the balance? Because I know you don't say to everyone you need to be pushing to your limit every hard session. But where's the balance in that, in knowing when you need to push to the top of the numbers that you can push and just getting through the session, which is still a hard session? Yeah. And, you know... In our weekly program, we definitely have days where I'm asking people on a certain day, we might say today's endurance ride, we have a local hill, um, it's the Arthur's Seat, quite an iconic climb, it's a, between a 10-15 minute climb, or if you're Chris Froome, 6 minutes, <laughs> um, and it's part of the uh, Held Sun Tour um, over the years, and we might do an endurance ride where we're riding good solid tempo, but today we're going to have a crack up Arthur's seat. And so everybody's aware of that. So there's there's a day where we want you to have mentally toughened, tuned brain to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna really execute a really hard day's training. And and then, you know, another day might be just a, an ergo session where you've got to do four by eight minute efforts. Well, they're, they're, you're being tested every single time in these sessions. Um, and, you know, I give people a range in these sessions to be at the bottom or at the top, and you can decide. You've got so many decisions to make. You know, how physically are you feeling today? And can I cope with being at the top of the range? Am I tired from a hard week? Or oh, it's the third week of a block or the second, second week of a block? Um, all these considerations... Um, are uh, uh, thought processes um, that you're trying to feel in relation to your physical uh, physicalness of uh, where you're at in that particular uh, week or day. So, so the topic is, you know, how often are you challenged mentally? Well, you're challenged almost, you know, every time we do an intensity session, there's the challenge for you. Are you up for it today? And... You know yourself when you're physically tired and they're the days where I excuse people. If you know that There is a time to not push yourself and that's the question you're asking. Definitely there is a time. But you know the difference yourself between I just don't feel like it or I'm really tired from that hard time trial that I did on Saturday. 
So I need to listen to my body and I need to take it easy today on this intensity session. I need to be at the bottom of the range or I need to actually not do the intensity session. It's not weak. It's not mentally um, soft. It's actually smart and listening to your body. Where there's other times where you're, you're physically not in trouble at all, but you think, oh, I'm just a bit mentally tired. Well, that can be a factor, but it shouldn't be. It should be something that you've got better control over um, because today you need to be training for the overall goal and purpose of the season. So it's having the ability to be honest with yourself about whether your excuses, or not your excuses, whether what you're feeling is valid or not. Yeah, and understanding the feelings. Um, That's a crazy game to play because when you are that exhausted, of course you're going to convince yourself that you're too tired. So, yep. And that's where it's really important to discuss it with your coach. And you know, there's a whole lot of things we can use. And a lot of the guys that I coach really, they really take control of the one percenters. And they're so in tune with their body. And they're the guys I love to talk to because I can say, oh, Tuesday's session, you're a little bit lower than normal. And they'll come back with you, yep, that was so hard to do. But how tough were they? Mm. They didn't complain. They they went and did it. Um, and, you know, resting heart rate's a ripper for uh, gauging fatigue. Um, and a lot of the guys don't pay enough attention to that one percenter that I ask them to do only once a week. But as you know, I do mine every morning. And, you know, without doubt that will tell me um, a low heart rate definitely relates well to feeling good higher than normal heart rate almost I, I try to have a conversation with myself before I take the heart rate what does it feel like today I think my heart rate's going to be a little bit higher today and then I measure it and sure enough it is and there are times where I think oh it's lower than I thought I felt a bit tired, but it says that I'm okay. So there, there are a lot of things that can contribute to making better decisions. You also use the training peaks, fitness and fatigue number as another yeah, bit of data, which yeah. doesn't always tell the whole picture. But yeah, definitely the performance management chart is is uh, really helpful. Um, only if you c- if you input the correct data, mm. um, there are there are different problems with it. But you have to input the correct data for you to get a reasonable um, outcome and. And look, using yourself as an example, um, you had the 10K time trial uh, on Saturday and we were using the performance management chart to f- measure your fatigue levels and we didn't want you to do the race. We had it planned for Thursday. Thursday. We had this exact game last week. where. <laughs> yep, yeah. so Thursday was meant to be your time trial and your fatigue just wasn't coming down. Um, so we uh, postponed it, delayed it, uh, moved it, to Friday, then we moved it to Saturday. And um, the outcome was outstanding because we paid attention to your fatigue. And there's nothing worse than trying to execute um, a time trial with, with fatigue and what a difference with fresh legs. I actually made that point to you last week. I said, I just, honestly, my legs feel fucked. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if I'm just... Um I don't know at what point I'm just still thinking I feel tired or I'm just nervous about the 10K time trial. Training Peaks was telling me I was tired, but I don't know if that was playing on me mentally and I was feeling more fatigued because I was looking at that number. So it is a, it's a hard game to know with you, whether you're being honest with yourself or not. Yeah, definitely. And that's the, the value of being able to discuss it because 
um, I know you very well and you wanted to perform well. And, you know, we had set you a plan, a race strategy, and in order to do that, you had to be running at your best. So I think that was contributing to your decision-making was I'm not ready. I need it in a few more days. And performance management chart was backing up what you were saying. And we changed it. We made that decision. And, you know, uh, it could have been it could have been a disaster on Saturday. The weather was shocking. There were puddles and, and not the best conditions. And yet you still ran a PB and, you know, broke 35 minutes for 10K, which uh, has been a goal for, for quite a while. So... So definitely good decision-making with discussion with your coach um, uh, allows for much better um, uh, mental um, stability about how you're going to approach um, the session. It does make a difference because after having those conversations, I did wake up on Saturday morning and I finally went, I actually feel good today. And it was such a mental relief to feel ready to do it. Yeah, and... Definitely, I was still happy for you to do it on Sunday if you weren't feeling it. Mm. It was you telling me, oh, I feel good. Mm. Great, let's go. So on that note, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of the athletes would love to get this insight into you um, and a lot of our listeners I know who aren't necessarily our coached athletes. But you are renowned as being incredibly tough mentally and you've shown it in examples of, one, getting to the Kona level of Ironman, but two, that, that story you said at the start of pushing your body further than what it was probably capable of. But has there been a time when you've let yourself down mentally and when was that when you gave up mentally and you really regretted it? Yeah, it's a long time, over 50-odd years, George, to, um, to specifically pinpoint things. But I can tell you in general, when I was a little athlete, um, I, I gave up. Um, I think I was too immature um, and the, the pressure of competing at state and national level as a 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old was, was far too great for my maturity. Um, and when you line up for an 800 or a 1500 and you haven't lost for three years, you perceive pressure yourself, even as a 12-year-old. And by the time I was 13 or 14, I had had enough and I didn't want to run another race. And looking back, I really regret that now. Um, but there were so many good things that happened as a result of that. I started playing all team sports and I had such fun doing that. Um, and it gave me a, a renewed um, zest for competition again. And we talked a little bit about it earlier, about uh, running for Australia or racing for Australia. That's what it felt like being a team member and it wasn't. It wasn't just my performance that counted. It was the whole team and whether I could manage to get the team to play the way I wanted because I was so competitive, I hated losing. So um, so I really enjoyed that. But it was that, that, that period I definitely felt that I was mentally very weak um, or the pressure got to me too much. I don't know whether it was I was mentally weak, but I certainly felt the pressure of continually having to win. Um, and I didn't want to let my dad down who'd spent so many hours training me and, um, you know, we were doing interval training sessions as, as nine, ten-year-olds um, in the 70s, well before, you know, mm. most serious athletes were doing mm. interval training. Um, you know, our very first coach um, was a guy called Jeff Watt, um, who's a local Warrigal optometrist, and 
He's, uh, he's not that famous, but his daughter's famous. She's the first cyclist of Australia to win a gold medal in the road race at Barcelona, Kathy Watt. And uh, Kathy's dad, Jeff, was our coach uh, on the, in the running um, of the Latrobe Valley area, and, um, and he'd run many marathons around the world in the 60s and 70s, um, well before his time, and, you know, 10th at Boston. And we'd go to his house and we'd see all these marathon Chicago, Tokyo, Boston that he'd gone to in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, he wasn't a winner, but his consistency and uh, his work ethic were some things that he um, empowered our little running group of 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds. And, and we were an unbelievably successful little running group um, at state and national level. It was all through Jeff Watts' um, um, tutelage where he really taught us um, and he was a tough, mentally tough runner. I don't think he was that talented, but boy, could he push himself. And um, I remember one story, uh, I think he came second in one of the international marathon runners and he was so disgusted with himself, so disappointed. And he said to the guy who won, um, congratulations, and he was such a humility type guy congratulations you know but I think if we ran back I would beat you and the guy said well unfortunately Jeff the race is 42.2k and that's as far as I'm going Mm. and that was sort of Jeff's mindset was you know I I can still run and you know mentally he was so disappointed with not not winning that race when he thought he should have but but that's the thought process he had it's interesting. We've we've been watching the Last Dance, Michael Jordan's documentary on Netflix, and it's similar kind of thing. He just wants to win so bad. He is he's quite humble in defeat, but um, that doesn't mean he's not filthy and not visibly filthy when he loses. And that just carried across to his whole mindset and mantra of he just demanded himself to be the best. It's so so motivating and it's so rewarding when you take that in yourself and commit yourself to a training program and get the most out of yourself and then you get rewarded with PBs or successful results or race wins. Yeah, and look, most people, when I was growing up, they would describe me as just obsessed with with winning and it's probably unhealthy. Um, but that was just the competitiveness we had uh, growing up with our, our family and uh, and our cousins and... You know, we had test cricket in the backyard. We had World Cup soccer. We had grand final football. You know, all of those things was just instilling. In the local area, we had probably 15 or 20 people playing cricket in the main street. Um, we had, you know, you could only bat or bowl if you got someone out. Mm. So you could stand in the field for a night and not get a bowl or a bat. And the only time you got to bowl was when you fielded the ball. Mm. So the competitiveness was there. That was the only way you could get a go, was to, to be competitive. So it was survival of the fittest, really, at a young age. So let's break this down, and you touched on this in the start, so I want to go back there in terms of your specific strategies for... What are your mindset strategies coming into a race, leading into a race, that help you, be, help you to be more mentally tough and ready for the race? All right, that's so easy to answer. Um, there's two things you can think about. You can worry about everybody else, all the conditions, um, the, the, the standard of athlete you're against, um, the temperature, 
you can let all those things worry you or you can focus totally on the things that you can control. And that is the difference, I think, between uh, being mentally tough and mentally weak. Um, you will let all of those things affect your thought process from the minute you wake up to the start line. Oh, it's too hot. Oh, it's too windy. Oh, there's too many good people here. I don't feel so good. Why don't you start controlling what you can control, which is I've trained so well to get to this point. I don't care what the conditions are. I'm going to beat anybody in any conditions. And in fact, the harder it is, the better it is for me because I know all these other people will be thinking about what I just said. Oh, it's too hot. It's too windy. So I'm a real big believer in focusing on what you can control. And you can control so much of that day, your emotions, your physicalness, um, and your mental approach to you know your preparation when you wake up. You know, the warm-up, the start of the race, um, everything about that you can control. Uh, then executing the race and following through, you know, continuing to not worry about what other people are doing uh, mid-race, keeping aligned with your program, what your strategy is, what your race plan is, and keep controlling the things you can control and be focused on that and not worry about, like I said in some examples previous who's coming behind me mm. it's just such an, a not a positive thing to be looking at what about during the race that, that's fun yep so definitely during the race it it's they're the times where it's most important is to be focused on what are you actually doing in every moment every step and i often tell uh, the athletes that we're coaching uh, prior to the race you're you're the one who's going to control today i've given you all the information and for me, that was the best, the best thing that any any coach could tell me. And Jeff Watt used to do that. My dad used to do that. If you're as fit as you've ever been, you're in charge of the race. Execute it the way you want to. Don't worry about what other people are doing. React the way you think you should react to the moves they make. But if you're controlling the race the way you want it to go, then the outcome will be the way you want it. And what about? the part of the race when it is at its absolute toughest, when the pain is at its highest and those negative thoughts just start to come in and your body, your mind basically screams at you to slow down. Yeah, and that's what we talked about earlier. In those training days where you've let it go, let the guys ride off, fell back, you're going to do that in the race. So this is the time where I would go, this isn't going to happen to me today. I'm staying with this group. I don't care if it kills me to get this next two minutes. This is the race right here, right now. Am I up for it? You bet I am. This is what I'm here for. I didn't drive all this way to come and just go back to the car and feel sorry for myself. There's so many poignant parts that happen in a club race, in a training session, in a major race, and they're all of equal importance because the way you carry on in training will be replicated in your local club race or your national or the Olympics or whatever event you're doing, you have the same outcome if you practice incorrect performance. And your point is always so spot on in that it's not about avoiding pain or it's not about trying to hope that the pain's not there because it is going to be tough. You can't deny the fact that it's going to hit that point in every race. So if you're trying to avoid it and you're afraid of it each time, it's going to be a bad experience each time. Whereas if you know it's coming and you prepare yourself. Yeah, that's really well said. Um, embracing 
is a term that I use. Um, and here it comes. This is the moment. Am I going to curl up in the corner or am I going to embrace this situation? Yep, this is what I'm here for today, right now. And, you know, if you're thinking like that, it's, it's so confident boosting. I can do this. I know I can do this. And it's going to hurt like hell. But if you're prepared for it, then you can cope so much better. Avoiding that, you know, those tough decisions is what really makes people weak. And it's not really them being weak. It's just they've made a weak decision. Um, so physically they're capable of doing it. They've just decided that they're not going to. Mm. And, you know, you all know what I'm talking about when I'm – everybody listening to this will have had those moments where, ah, oh, it doesn't matter today. Well, it, actually it does. Unless there's a physical reason why you can't, there is no reason why you shouldn't execute on those important days. I think that's a great way to finish off. Is there anything else you want to touch on in terms of mental toughness and mindset that can help an athlete or help a listener? Most definitely. Look, we've really talked about competition in this podcast and how important mental toughness is. But it doesn't have to be around competition. It can be... It can just be your own personal um, competition. And we've talked about competing against others all the time in a, in a big stage. But the majority of our athletes, their personal toughness is against themselves. And when it gets really hard and their goal might have been, let's just use a triathlon, their goal might be a 12-hour uh, completion time or it might be top 10 in their age group. And someone comes up on them with four or five K to go in the in the marathon and they're in tenth spot and that person's gonna take their tenth spot. There's a poignant point in the race. And that's a that's a personal thing. Do do I want to put myself out? I'm not winning the race. I'm I'm at best mid pack, but it's you know, the high end of my age group. So there's no real win-loss here. It's just a personal decision that you've made to yourself to improve. You want Your goal was to, to either get a top 10 or finish in 12 hours or just finish. They're three distinctly different goals, but they still have the same outcome that you have to make a decision about. And that's what I'm trying to get across here. It doesn't have to be a winning decision. It can be a self-improvement decision where you, you did finish the event that you thought you might struggle to, or it might be a time that you've broken 12 hours, or it might be a top placing in your age group. So they're all personal decisions that you can make that no one else really doesn't worry about that much because it didn't determine whether you won the race or not. But to you, it is so important because you know last time I let that person who passed me with 4K to go beat me into 10th spot. I've already let that happen once. The choice is do I ever let that happen again? Um, I got to a point where I was, you know, going to be touch and go for 12 hours and I had a really, you know, bad patch and I didn't really put in enough and I ended up with 12.02. But there was a point there where you could have got 11.59 or you were so exhausted from the whole day of the Ironman that you just didn't think you could finish and you had cramp and you'd run out of fuel and everything was going against you. But you have to decide whether I'm going to keep going on that journey and finish. And, you know, that is a personal decision that 
but there's a men- still a mental decision you have to make. And that's the thing that people have to understand. It's a, a, Your personal drive is just as important if it's between you and yourself or between you and the rest of the, the field for a, for a stage victory. And if you've set yourself that personal goal, it's probably going to be worth it, isn't it? And the disappointment, if you don't make that decision when you finish, the regret you'll have um, is is more disappointing, I think, uh, especially if you've come from a long training and tried to get to this point and if you've made a weak mental decision it is so much more disappointing um, than having a physical problem you know happen to you that caused you to not get the outcome um, and you know they're the things that stick with me that uh, I don't want to have too many of those in my palmares I want to have countless opportunities where I've had tough decisions to make and made the right choice to to just take that next step and it's almost like playing a game of poker with yourself, you know, bluffing yourself into, no, I can do this um, until until you do succeed and the feeling you get knowing that you were really challenged personally by yourself and overcome the challenge and finished or overcome and ran 11.59 or got the top 10 posi- uh, position in the age group. The satisfaction of achieving that when you were challenged personally is what the euphoric feeling is at the end of that event and makes you go back to the next next race. And if you did it comfortably, it wouldn't be nearly as rewarding. No. You know? It's only so rewarding because it was so hard and you really had to go to that yep. next level to overcome it. Yeah. So I suppose in summary, that, that would be the main thing I'd, I'd want to get across to people. You know, the personal challenge is is quite significant in, in some of the things that, that uh, people come to me with help for in in their uh, athletic pursuits, which is which is fantastic because um, I can relate to it because I've experienced the highs and lows myself and um, and as we talked about from the beginning, um, you know you have such control over the outcome and I think that can't be underestimated. You can prepare physically, um, and I can prepare you physically, you know, to to the hundred percent uh, readiness for your event. But if you neglect the mental side of it when you're going to be challenged, then you will be disappointed. Well, it's a great topic. It's one that you could we could explore for a long time. I'm sure we'll do a future podcast on it because it is so important and it really, as we said at the start, makes up half of the performance. You know, there's half of it's mental and half of it's physical. Um, some great insights today. Uh, I think we'll leave it at that. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, please make sure that you leave a review for us. The reviews really do help us. Share it around. Tell your triathlete and cyclist friends about it. Um, Please leave a review on the iTunes podcasting app. Um, We appreciate all comments on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, but the reviews on the podcasting app actually help the most. So please head there to do that. And if you want to get our best triathlon resource, our best triathlon resources, go to getfastpodcast.com, our best triathlon and cycling resources to help you train smarter and race fast. We've got our best tips and advice from all the expert guests that have come on this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.